welcome everybody to a little bit of an unusual episode that we'll be trying tonight. Today's date is September 27th, 2018. Normally we'd be doing our podcast. Max having some computer problems, so it's just me solo. So instead of doing a full episode, we're just going to do a little bit of a filler. We'll call this one a bonus episode. There's a chance that this could end up being a video. I'm recording it in video, but who knows? Nobody wants to look at my ugly face, but it's something I'm just experimenting around with. So with that in mind, I'd like to thank our chat room. We did have Eric and Derek stop by. It looks like Karen maybe may have made it a little bit. What we do is we record live on Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Most weeks we do about 40 episodes a year, uh, mostly a audio-only podcast, but we like to branch out and maybe do a little bit of video. So this is going to be an experiment with Mac not being able to make it. So this is going to be a little bit of a solo, which is a little different than our normal pacing. So without any further ado, what we're going to do is we're going to jump right on into the news. So the first episode that we're going to have, the episode, the first article that we'll actually have tonight is going to be one uh, from Acquire.net, a harebrained diver and coral etching and the media rage. So uh, those who are watching the video, if I do have that up, you're going to see that there's a little bit of a coral. Somebody's etched their name into it, Charlie, uh, and the date. So this one's out of San, San Pedro City, and they say, what is more frustrating than tons of public waste in the ocean? Probably an indelible mark on live coral by a harebrained diver. Diving groups of marine conservationists were enraged after they found two live corals vandalized in marine sanctuary in a bond town in uh, Batangas province. Incidentally, the vandals vandalism most likely took place last week as environmentalists and volunteers across the country collected solid waste from the scene International Coastal Cleanup Day. Diver Vince Tanchevez, 34, said his group Scuba Hobby and Recreation Company Divers was at a private sanctuary re- resort for the cleanup, cleanup activity. They're about 40 meters deep when he noticed underwater graffiti. The name Charlie etched in hard coral about one and a half meters down, which for us in the U.S. is about five feet wide, and 2018 on a similar hard coral beside it. Photos of defaced coral were posted uh, by Tranchevez and have been making the rounds on social media, and some netizens put the hashtag Pound Finding Charlie, which is an apparent reference to the 2013 animated film Finding Nemo that featured marine animals. He says regular dives by that part of the uh, bay the graffiti was not there the week before. He also said divers checked resorts recent guest list and did not find anyone who happened to be with the name of Charlie. I doubt it was a free diver given the depth, he said. By the way, it was engraved. It also looked like the vandal really took his time. He said in a phone interview on Thursday, he said the vandal must have used a tank banger, a metal rod used commonly by scuba divers gear, to etch the words in the coral. Can't believe the scuba diver has that low of a EQ, emotional quotient, and in the absence of a concern for marine life, he said. He planned to return soon to check to see if these corals had survived. He says the corals are very sensitive to stress and would have taken years to recover. Uh, They blamed the local government for their laxity in enforcing laws protecting marine ecosystems. The reason there are a lot of tourists that are lawbreakers is because they can get away with it, Torno said. And, uh, you know, our position on that on on the podcast is just don't touch it. You know, these corals... Once you've touched or, or damaged them, many of them will die, and uh, corals have enough to worry about without you messing around with them. So uh, we'll have to see. Will they find Charlie? And then we have uh, on here the, the the picture went away, so I'm going to 
reload that, but the uh, Moldavian, Moldavian, is that how you say it? Moldavian uh, government in Indonesia. And here you get to see how lovely and quick my internet here is out in the sticks. (laughs) If it ever comes up. Ah, the fun. I'll have to do some editing. This one's from Dive Photo Guide. The Maldivian government demolishes an ocean sculpture. So here you're going to see a nice photo of the sculpture. Uh, Quite an elaborate piece that was done. The underwater marine life is probably the coolest thing to photograph in the ocean. And this is the the person who did the sculpture, sculpture, Jason, declares Taylor. Underwater sculpture might be a close second. The world is bereft of one of his installments after the Maldivian or Maldivian government demolished it last week. The sculpture titled the, uh, was it Corollarium appeared in the shallows off the Fairmount Maldives resort and was meant to raise awareness for ocean conservation and also provide habitat for marine life. However, the authorities and religious leaders had criticized the sculpture for depicting human figures, an idea that is discouraged under Islamic law. On September 21st, authorities dismantled the structure using saws, pickaxe, and ropes. It only took a matter of hours to destroy what uh, Taylor had built over the course of nine months. On Friday last week, I was extremely shocked and heartbroken to learn my sculpture had been destroyed. The Maldives is still beautiful with a warm and friendly population, but a sad day for art and a sad day for the environment. For its part, uh, the Fairmount Maldives... Suru Ben Fushi issued the following statement. While we are very surprised by the removal of the eco art pieces by authorities, respect the people, traditions, and customs of Maldives. The removal process was peaceful and friendly without interruption to our world famous service. The resort also pointed out that the structure and underwater trees remain intact, ensuring the coral restoration programs remain alive and well. We had uh, initiated immediate re imagination plans of the artist creating a new underwater gallery that would be in harmony with local in the environment. So it's kind of hard to tell what they did. Did they just remove the human parts from the structure or did they destroy the whole structure? That's, uh, it's kind of hard to see in here uh, and I'm, I'm moving my mouse around for those who are watching. Now you can see the, there's humans, which I was not aware that Islamic law did not like the depiction of humans. I knew they weren't, Fond, and that's probably an understatement of the the image of Muhammad being uh, represented in the image. But I didn't realize it it applied to all people. Um, it sounds like there's kind of a a big screw up here. Who who was at fault? Was it the uh, resort who I'm guessing had probably commissioned it? Uh, you know, the government. I'm I'm being a Westerner. I'm a little at a loss as to what causes uh, this sort of thinking. Um, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of, of governments that are based on religion. Uh, you know, I believe in the freedom of religion, but I just think that whenever you get religion involved with governments, it just doesn't really seem to be that much good happens or comes from it. Uh, so it's sad, you know, hopefully they, they, the, they can bring the artist in. He can do something that meets the, the local guidelines and that somebody in the future could make sure it hap, uh, happened. Uh, you know, why it had to be destroyed, that seems a little bit short-sighted. Maybe it could have just been moved to a spot where they, they wouldn't have had a problem with it. But, you know, it seems like there's something else we're missing here, maybe to make a political point. And then this will be our third and last article of the night. We have some Navy div- divers to have automated logging 
from worn dive computers. The U.S. Navy deep-sea divers' time is of the essence while operating 100 feet down with little or no natural light, often at frigid temperatures and limited oxygen. Time is everything, but for divers, time remains precious commodity on the surface as well. For years, military divers had to manually write and log information from dives while at sea in the system known as a dive jump reporting system, or GJRS. Manual entries can be time-consuming and allow for human error. The Office of Naval Research Global Tech Solution Program, a rapid response science and technology program focused on the solutions to prompts submitted by sailors and Marines. ONR Tech Solutions Industry Partners have created a new tool called the Scuba Binary Dive Application SBDA 100 to Digital Plan Record and Report Diving Profile Information to DJRS. Okay, only the government <laughs> could come up with this string of abbreviations and long names. Uh, the application will accelerate the process of logging and uploading dive information will help eliminate potential diving entry mistakes. The idea originated from Force Master Diver Scott uh, Brodeur, Naval Expedition Combat Command. Scott has completed over a thousand dives during his career, and he recognized that there needs to be made the logging reporting process more efficient for his peers, said Jason Payne, Tech Solutions Acting Program Manager. SBDA 100 is a software application on a ruggedized tablet used to log, compute, and accurately compile dive profile data. The data collected from the wristwatch the diver wears during operations called a Navy dive computer includes dive site conditions, equipments used by the divers, dive events such as when the diver left the surface or left the bottom of the ocean floor, and if the dive requirement decompression stops, or dive required decompression stops. SBDA 100 syncs its information automatically uploads it to the DJRS. For years, I witnessed how many hours it takes to manually log dives, watching young guys that have to, and at the end of a dive, a 12 to 14 hour day, come back and manually go through the dive logs and write everything down, double check it, and triple check it. During recent training exercise in the Gulf of Mexico, the Naval Experimental Dive Unit and other Navy divers stationed around the globe had the opportunity to test the technology out for the first time. The divers gave me a crash course on how to operate the technology, said Chief Navy Diver Marshall Globe, Ship Repair Facility, Yukish, uh, goodness, Yokosuka, Japan. Uh, I use the, the device as a primary but still old school way to write, wrote down the information as well. Both calculations came out 100% accurate. I found the tablet easier to use, and I have no doubt that's going to streamline efficiency. Throughout the process of the development, the SBDA-100 ONR Tech Solutions has worked in conjunction with Space and Naval Warfare System Command's SPAWAR Atlantic, Industrial Partner Intelligence Automation, and Naval Surface Warfare Center, Panama City, which is the home of U.S. Naval Diving and Salvage Training Center. The SPAWAR served as the principal investigator in NSWC Panama City, provided technical support and hosted the training and demonstration of the SBDA-100 at sea. Technology is tested very well. It's a testament to the value of the ONR Tech Solutions Program, and everyone who's worked on it this project witnessing this idea came to fruition and had to be built. Demonstrated, designed, and ready for use is pretty exciting. So uh, I'd like to hear from people who were in the Navy doing it the old way, and would you welcome this system? And I, and I think I have an idea that anybody who's a Navy diver probably would welcome this. And, and here right now we're looking at a photo of a tablet. And that does look like a pretty ruggedized tablet. And then they've got a computer, which kind of reminds me of a Shearwater in size. 
And anytime you can pass data from a handheld device to a tablet and get it to what you, you do, uh, it's certainly going to be welcomed. I, I think everybody would appreciate that. So that's going to do it for this short episode. Uh, I'm, I'm still haven't decided whether we'll see this, if it will go up or not in its current form as a video or just stay as audio as a bonus episode. So, uh, we'll just have to see, maybe, maybe we'll do this as, uh, uh, a episode only for our Patreon listeners. So, uh, if you enjoy our regular podcast or you want to encourage things such as this video, head on over to our website, www.scubaobsessed.com. And then on the uh, website, we have uh, links on the ads. Okay, it helps if I figure out how to use the mouse here. Then right here it is. I'm bringing it up. And if you click on over that Patreon button, that will take you to our Patreon page where $3 or more gets you early access to the show notes. Um, but every amount will help. If you can't support it, we understand, but we certainly appreciate it. So uh, once again, I'd like to thank all our Patreon listeners and everybody who supports the show. And as uh, Mac would say, go out there. Oh, no, I, as I would say, go out there and get wet. And uh, Mac would say, dive safe.